0: The Sufina Society Nothing But Facts live stream. And we are here on a Thursday. And you know that Thursday is a day in which we talk about stories of the awliya. So that's what we're going to do today. And we're going to talk about, we're going to go into the early ascetics in Al Risal Al Kushayriya. Because Imam Al Kushayri, he did an amazing, amazing contribution to the field of Tasawwuf uh, by talking about the terminology of Ahl Tasawwuf. Being, for example, the ahwal, the maqamat. Uh, uh, what is the definition of zuhd? What is the definition of um, shukr, etc.? And he talks about all of these, these maqams. Uh, what is the definition of rida? All these maqams that he talks, talks about, and uh, a definition, sorry, that he talks about. He talks about karamat. What is the role of karamat? What is the definitions? Uh, well, what happens to the person after the karamat? What is the wali? Right. In awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqoon what, what is a wali That's of course that verse has to do with The protectors of the Kaaba But it also has to do with The w- wilaya That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has awliya And he describes them as al-muttaqoon And there's a hadith of wilaya, So he dis- discusses all these at length And at the end of the book A very beautiful section here It's pretty long actually Where he, he talks about the early ascetics And not all of them have extensive backgrounds uh he has 83 entries there are 83 entries of the uliya that he talks about so um let's just begin let's just take verbatim what the imam tells us right no altering anything or just verbatim what the imam tells us and we'll see what he says and then we'll open up for your comments and your questions all right so the first person is Abdullah Abdullah Al Abhuri, Abdullah Al Abhuri, and his real name is Abu Bakr Abdullah Ibn Tahir Al Abhuri. He died at three hundred and thirty of the Hijra, which is nine hundred and thirty-two of the Common Era, which is an approximation because the Common Era only, um, the Common Era calendar only, leveled out around like the year 15, 1400 or fifteen hundred. Before that, they were they had the, that problem of the extra quarter of a day, so the years would jump around and, 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 and it'd be, it was all messed up. The, the months would move around the seasons. So, min akran Dilf he was a Shibli, the famous zahid al Shibli, has said about him that he once angered a governor, a king, and they would have like little city states that even if they were like connected to the Abbasid Khalifa, but the connection was only on like very broad things, so these little city-states within the Ummah, these little uh, uh, towns and, and neighborhoods, they would have like kings. And that king was angry with them. And there wasn't a, such a thing where like the reach of the Abbasid Khalifa would be so um, near that or so strong that there would be federal law or something like that. No, there wasn't. So he actually ended up feeding him one time. His punishment is that he's going to put him in a, in, a, in, a, in a space, an open space with a wild lion, which is basically like a mountain lion. It's not going to be a lion from the savannah, like a mountain lion. And, and he was in that space. And the lion was extremely hungry to the point that the lion pinned him down, jumped on him immediately, jumped on him, And then opened his mouth and is like literally on his face. He's about to bite his face right off. And then something happened where the lion just backed off. And just walked away as if he doesn't even see anything. And they counted this as a major karama that so many people got guidance from this. And they asked him, what dhikr did you say? You must have said some amazing dhikr that caused... This lion to back off of you. He said, by Allah, nothing like that happened. All I was thinking about was I was trying to recollect the ruling on lion najasa. Lion saliva. Is it najas? Because I didn't want to die with najasa on my body. I didn't want to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and be, be, be uh, the angel of death coming to take me with najasa all over me. That's what he was worried about. SubhanAllah, these are something else. These awliya were something else. And you can understand it. They would have spent so much time alone because there was a world of much less distraction that there is now. To the point that their iman would be so rock solid that these things could happen to them. So he was from the aqran, he lived in the same um, generation as a shibli, and he was a colleague of a Shibli. And he was from the shiukh of Al-Jabal. Meaning that he was, he was from the shiukh of the mountain areas. He was not a city man. It's not a city dweller. He was a scholar and he had warah. He was known for caution. A warah is to make sure, double check, that you don't even enter into the Makruh, let alone the haram. Sahiba Yusuf ibn al-Husayn wa He kept the company of Yusuf ibn Hussein husayn and others. And so, in the in the original books, they made before there was a concept of this was his sheikh, right? They would just say who he kept the company of, and from his sayings, okay, from the rulings of the ascetics, don't have desires. That's tough. That's really tough. And I'll, let me tell you that that's for the times of the past. Okay. You know a lot of these books of Tasawuf, because there's relativity to it, you, you need it translated. You need a, a filter. A filter of living shiyukh, right? And the living shiuch that I know, they were very cautious of going down that route. And I spoke to some of them, such as Habib um, uh, as Subhanallah, his name is skipping my mind right now. He always he came to Maqasid and he spent a week and I contact, I called him sometime after that. Habib, uh, subhanallah, I don't know. His my name is skipping my mind right now. Uh, Hussain, I got to remember his name. His face is right in front of me. But I asked him about this. What about the state of having no desires anymore? And never even making a, a dua except Quranic dua and just leaving everything to Allah. He said this is a very, very heavy state. It's a very heavy state. And you could only do this upon being formally and specifically and individually trained to reach that level. And he says it's not from the necessities anymore, and no one should go try to do that by themselves. Is it- Husayn. Yes, Hussain Asaqqaf. al Asaqqaf. He came to Maqasid about five years ago. And then afterwards, I contacted him from into the, in the Emirates, and we discussed this. He said, this is a very heavy state and nobody should try to go there without being specifically trained. Otherwise, what a person should do is make dua and condition it by saying, Allah, if it's good for me, like that. So, but he's, that's why I'm telling you from the, these are the early, early ascetics. They were able to attain these maqams without any danger because there was nothing to desire in the first place. Okay. فإن كان ولا بد، but if he has to have a desire، فلا تتجاوز رغبته كفايته، okay? meaning that you should only desire what you direly need to survive. This is the early ascetics. I'm telling you. يعني المحتاج إليه. وقال إذا أجبت أخا في الله تعالى فأقل المخالطة هو في الدنيا. If you answer the call of a Muslim. Or a, a brother in the sake of Allah Then decrease The mingling Regarding worldly matters Okay How's the films We're not reading from Saviors of Islamic Spirit I believe we actually finished All those Those biographies Ryan's will type to you right now We're reading from ar risalah Al-Kushairiya Number two ruwaym Ibn Ahmad We're gonna get a lot of barakah Reading from these وَهُوَ مُحَمَّدِ بن أَحْمَدِ He died to 303 Hijri 303 Hijri Which is 915 So he died before Abdullah al-Abhuri He is Baghdadi من أعظم المشايخ He was a city sheikh So the first one was a A mountain sheikh In other words a sheikh of the, of the countryside And the mountainside This is a city sheikh What did he say? Okay. he was a qari a reciter and a jurist on the madhab of Dawood al-Zahiri Dawood al-Zahiri came around the time of Imam Shafi he was a bit younger than his Shafi and he did not do qiyas he accepted no qiyas which of course is not, is sort of incorrect in in in, in usul al-fiqh all the madhahib accept qiyas قال Ruwaym من hakima an أن يوسع على إخوانه في الأحكام I think this is al Hakim. الحكيم okay. From the wisdom of the wise Is that when your brothers seek a ruling, make it vast right? This is so important When your brothers seek a ruling in a matter you know, Make that matter vast Don't make it a difficult matter right? Don't make matters difficult in fiqh نفسه, but make it strict on yourself. Be strict yourself, but make things easy for people. Why? Because what people should really be pushed to do is to avoid sinfulness. But what needs to come from their own will is all the nawafil and the ta'awwah. Nawafil and is something that you don't have to do at all. If you do it, you get rewarded for it. It's not even sunnah mu'akkadah. Sunnah mu'akkadah, you should never leave it off, right? To leave off sunnah Akada for no reason is a flaw in your religion. That's what Maddox said about someone who never prays, which There's a flaw in his deed. So when it comes to this, you want someone, when you when you yourself advance and you're pushing yourself, there's a reason you're doing that. You're doing it from your own free will. No one's forcing you. This is what he's saying here, right? Don't force, just make the matter vast and easy for people. فَإِنَّ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنِ اتِّبَاعِ الْعِلْمِ This is, a, when you make things easy for people, that's a sign that you have knowledge. When you make things hard, you're ignorant, right? Because you don't even, you're not only ignorant of the, of the sunnah, you're also ignorant of human nature. They won't want it. They won't do it. Right. Right? And to, to make things difficult on yourself, that's out of wara. Not difficult, but to ensure that you 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 never ever enter into a realm that is forbidden. That's from warah. Yaquru Abu Abdullah ibn Khafif Sa'altu ruwayman Fakultu Al Sini. Abdullah ibn Khafif says, I saw Ruwaym and I said, Give me advice. And that's something they used to do. They used to just say someone, أَوْسِنِي Meaning, give me like a final counsel. Maybe they're going to part ways for a while. So give me your final counsel. قال, فقال, so he says, مَا هَذَا الْأَمْرُ إِلَّا بِبَذْلِ This affair of ours, right it costs nothing less than your soul. He okay. says, if you can pay this price, good But if you can't, don't get busy with the words of the Sufiyya You will not understand them okay. Do not get busy with it In other words, just do fiqh, right, da'wah, things like this Because if you're not going to pay the price You won't understand the language of the people who are paying the price Don't even bother وَقَالَ قعودك مع كل طبقة من الناس أسلم من قعودك مع السوفية فإن كل الخلق قعدوا على الرسوم وقعدت, وقعدت هذه الطائف على الحقائق لقد طالب الخلق كلهم أنفسهم بظواهر الشرع وطالب هؤلاء أنفسهم بحقيقة الورع ومداومة الصدق very heavy adv- saying he says here. Sit with everybody in the world. Okay? But be very careful when you sit with the people of this path, which at that, which he described them as a sufiyya Why is that? He said, everyone just has to follow the outward of the Sharia. But these Sufiya okay, have dedicated themselves to the haqaiq, the inward purity of them, uh, of these matters. They demanded of themselves non-stop sit with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not just follow the law. So therefore, whoever sits with them, but then clashes with them, all right, then the iman and the light will come out of his heart, while you're clashing with Ahlullah. So that means be very cautious when you're sitting with the people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, These are not the people that you want to make a mistake with. Like if you don't want to make a mistake with the family of the CEO. That's going to be very personal. You're going to get yourself fired, right? So sit with anyone else, mess around with anybody else. Certain mistakes are all forgivable, but do not mess around. And this is all from the tafsir and the actualization and the recognition of Allah's saying about them, if you oppose one of my awliya i wage war on you whereas that's not said for anyone else That's not said for anyone else only the awliya this is specific there's two times allah has waged war on people one the people of riba usury and interest and number two those who offend and wage war on the awliya of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that's what he's saying here. He says, sit with anyone else because you screw up with them, it's forgivable. Mess around with the uniyah, differ with them, argue with them, uh, get on their bad side. Okay, you, have, you can only get on their bad side because of something haram that you did or a bad state that you're in. It's not about them. They have eliminated their ego. So if they're upset with you, they, can, they would only be upset with somebody who has angered Allah Ta'ala. Like that's their, They have only one skill. They look at sharia and ikhlas, sincerity. That's the only thing they look at. So they've applied that to themselves. So when they see someone else, they're never going to be upset with somebody unless he has one, a problem with one of these two things. So this is the meaning of Man li faqad bilharb. That means that the awliya are representing the, the truth. Right? And they don't like or dislike someone for their whims anymore they've eliminated their whims he said i was walking in one of the ways of baghdad and i got very thirsty in the middle of the day so i went and asked water from one of the people in their those homes فَفَتَحَتْ صَبِيَّةٌ بَابَهَا وَمَعَهَا كُوسٌ A little girl opened the door and she had a cup or a, a pitcher. فَلَمَّا When she saw me, she said, a Sufi drinking in the daytime? In other words, she should be fasting. He said, I never, I never, Broke my fast after that day ever. Fasted all the day except Eid. وَقَالَ إِذَا رَزَقَكَ اللَّهُ الْمَقَالَ وَالْفَعَالَ فَأَخَذَ مِنْكَ الْمَقَالَ عَلَيْكَ الْفَعَالَ فَإِنَّهَا نِعْمَةَ. If Allah gives you the gift that you talk the truth and you act upon the truth, that's a blessing. But if He takes away your speech, in other words, you're not in a position to talk anymore, but you still act upon it, this is a big blessing. وإذا أخذ منك وأبقى عليك المقال فإنها but if he keeps lets you keep talking but he takes your action away. in other words you don't do anything you're just talking he said this is a calamity. and if he takes both away that's punishment. both of them are taken away that's punishment subhanallah. so you have talk and you have action. action is more important than the talk. Why? Because that, the other one is more. That's the hypocrisy of action. There's hypocrisy of belief and hypocrisy of action. So you talk a good game, but you don't act upon it. That's a musibah. Now you don't act upon it, nor do you even talk about it. This must be a punishment. Nothing less than a punishment. That you, you de, Allah has not even allowed you to talk about his deen anymore. Uh, ask Allah afi and salama from that. Number three. Ahmadul adami العباس, محمد, ابن سهل, ابن عطاء, he died in the same time period, 309 after the Hijrah, which is 921 in the common era. He was from the Kibar al-Mashaykh wa zuhad wa ulama'ihim. Wa al-Kharaz yu'adhim wa shatnahu. Kharaz used to talk a lot about him. وَهُوَ مِنْ أَقْرَانِ الْجُنَيْدِ He's from the colleagues in the same time as al السالك is أحمد Al-Adami. صَاحِبَ إِبْرَاهِيمِ المارستاني. And he was the companion of Ibrahim, a man named Ibrahim Al-Maristani. يَقُولُ مَنْ أَلْزَمَ نَفْسَهُ آدَابَ الشَّرِيَعَةِ نَوَّرَ اللَّهُ قَلْبَهُ بِنُورِ المعرفة. Whoever forces himself to follow, أَلْزَمَ نفسه Force yourself to follow the rules of the sharia Then Allah Ta'ala will light up his heart So If I have a darkened heart And I have no feelings in my heart in, Of deen, of iman Like I'm just to have a dark heart How do I fix that? You can't just fix your heart You show Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala That you want to fix your heart By acting upon his law You make yourself act upon Allah's law You force yourself that's your expression. That is how you pay the price. That's how you're essentially telling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I want this. Only when you show that and you do that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will light up your heart. So if you can't control the inside, control the outside. I can't control my inside. My inside is dark. I have no love. I have no love of the Prophet, no love of Allah, no love of Sharia. I, this doesn't, isn't nice to me. I don't like it. So you have a very sick heart if that's the case. Someone who does not answer the call of the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala quickly. Such a person has a dark heart. It's a very sick heart. So how do I cure my heart? By the outside first. Go to the outward things first. and The outward things, force yourself to do them. Avoiding prohibitions, fulfilling obligations and doing ibadat. So Imam Ghazali says it beautifully in Al-Bidayah wal Nihayah. He says that, When you do this, the medicine, if you're sick, the medicine's bitter. So if your heart is sick, when you ingest that medicine, it's bitter. You don't like it. So you can have people whose hearts are sick. They can sit and open the Quran to recite the Quran, and it's like pulling teeth. It's miserable for them. Why? Because his heart's sick. But what's the solution? When you're sick, what do you do? You keep taking the medicine. You continue to take the medicine until you find it to be sweet, okay? Continue taking the medicine and the moment that it's no longer uh, painful for you, okay? That's a sign that you're getting healthy. The moment that you desire to do this now, that's a sign that you are in good health, okay? So you're gonna go from, I hate this so much, that's because the heart is sick, to, okay, I'm doing it, to I want to do this now. That means the heart has reached that help. And this is why when we talked about children before, if your children get sick, you got to force them to take medicine. Whether you like it or not, you're taking this medicine, right? Kicking, screaming. And when you do it, you tell yourself you're a good parent, right? Get me a parent. The kid has a fever. Your two-year-old has a fever, and then the doctor says, you must take this medicine to bring the fever down or else the kid could die. And then you didn't give him the medicine. Doctor, hey, did you give him the medicine? No, he doesn't want to, I don't want to force him. I want to make him love medicine. Doctor's going to say, do you want to go to jail for negligence? Do you want your kid to die? What's wrong with your head? Force him to take the medicine, whether he likes it or not. And ibadah with dhikr is very similar to this, right? It's just people don't view it as that. They don't recognize that this is a shifa. Certain Qur'an, certain ayah, children, they, there's a certain amount of time. You must recite the Qur'an, whether you like it or not. Force. You will love it eventually when your heart is cleaned. Okay? And certain things you can never do. You will not roam around uh, Netflix. There's bad things for your heart there. Okay? Certain things, you, I don't care if you want to do it. I don't care if all your friends do it. You can't do it. It's going to ruin your heart. So only if you have dhulk. Dhulk is experience. It's a And you've experienced this. Will you recognize that sins and dhikr is no different than poisons and medicines? And no household I've ever seen allows her kid to have M&M covered ice cream at 4 p.m. Dinner's in half an hour. Dinner's in one hour right? No household out there. What's, what's for breakfast? Pile of Skittles Wait, for breakfast. No household. It's bad. You know, it's bad. So in the physical matters, if we truly understood this and we tasted this, then we would treat spiritual matters the same way we treat physical matters. In fact, more because the Skittles at 7am on a Saturday morning is only going to destroy your teeth. Sins are going to destroy your heart. But the problem is that if you've never tasted and you never felt the pains of sins and the sweetness of dhikr, then you have no reference point to what we're saying here. So you need to take treat yourself as a patient and force, it's with force in the beginning and bitterness and you hate it and that's why the sir is the awrad. The secret to health is the awrad. Why? Because the awrad are so short, but they're regular. is in the morning, What is in the evening. Or, if you could put it up, savinasire.org, backslash, wirt. lowercase w. Morning word, evening word. In the beginning, some people have said they can't even bring themselves to recite it. So they just listen to it for like a couple months. Then they bring themselves to actually recite it and they start reciting it. Once they start reciting it, right? It's, it's a pain in the beginning, but they force themselves and force themselves and force themselves. Until eventually they find a sweetness to it. Once you find a sweetness to it, that means your heart is healthy. This is what he means. Right. Then Allah will put a light inside your heart. أشرف أشرف and there's no maqam Better than following Allah's most beloved Prophet وسلم, in his commandments and his actions and his manners. The worst of heedlessness is the abd is heedless of his Lord. And the first of, of remembrance of your Lord is on commandments and prohibitions. That's the proof. Proof is not how much dhikr you do proof is how much obedience to the commandments and prohibitions that you observe and dhikr supports that and then dhikr is what comes after that as the as the prophet uh, hadith qudsi said he he obeys me and then after he obeys me in the obligatory matters then he adds no effort after that so dhikr is used before and after the before so it and there was a sheikh named Bushishi in morocco he would get these ghafilin, these completely heedless sinners, but they love him because he uses nice methods with people, right? His his, his interactions with people, people love it. The way they just, he was so informal with the people. He was no tekellef with the people. They just loved him. So sinners came to him one time, a group of guys. And this is a very famous story, actually. A bunch of guys, for some reason, they got into the sheikh. They just fell in love with the sheikh. And they would start attending to him. And they said, okay, give us instruction. So he said, say la ilaha illallah X amount of times a day. It got to the point that they were saying la ilaha illallah like 10,000 times a day. But some of the people are like, in the masjid, they're like, hold on, but you never taught them the sharia first, right? Like, they don't, do they know how to make wudu properly? Do they pray even? Do they like lower their gaze? They're still doing all their sins. He says, yes, this is the pre this is what we're doing before. Before we clean the house, we got to turn the lights on. There's no lights on in this house, right? Only to clean the house, we need to turn all the lights on, okay? And that's, he said, that's the method of the vicar for the sinner. It's not that he's graduated beyond Sharia, uh, sharia or he's accomplished that and he's now doing no effort. No, it's you got to turn the lights on. That means you create... For him a love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And you put some nur in his heart Then when you start laying down the sharia They'll love it They'll want to do it They'll have a motivation to do it Okay, They'll love to. They will will hate They will find it hateful for them To disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala While doing this dhikr And so that's basically his methodology So the dhikr is something that comes before Learning sharia and practicing it And then it comes after again But the after is now nafilah extra better. Beforehand, it's like you got to rinse down a car first once before you start washing it. You don't take soap to dirt, right? You rinse it down. So there's always a pre a pre thing that has to be done. Okay? ويقول كل ما سأل سئلت, سئلت عنه فَطْلُبْهُ فِي مَفَازَةِ Everything that you're asked about or, or كل عنه, Everything that you desire Seek it in knowledge In knowledge Okay فَإِنْ if لَمْ you, If you can't find it in the sharia Seek it in the realm of wisdom Like there are everyday wisdoms Okay. And we have Hokamat people who like to speak of wisdoms. Wisdom is like benefits, things that benefit you, but there's no law behind it, right? It's just a, a wise saying. If you don't find an answer there, weigh it in contrast to Tawheed. فَإِنْ لَمْ تَجِدْهُ meaning the attributes of Allah. Does this befit, right, or not? But if you don't find it there, في هذه الثلاثة وَجْهَ الشَّيْطَانِ then throw it back in the face of shaitan because this desire of yours is not valid. Now, there's something that's very important, an example of how knowledge can really benefit someone. There's a lot of people that have, uh, uh, they, they commit these different sins and they have issues. And the answer to this is that, for example, I'll give you an example. Somebody who likes to um, really come out in front of people with a certain dress or a certain appearance That may not be permitted Because of the nature of the clothes Or whatever So what the Sharia does And what this, what wisdom does I should say Is it says look There's something you're doing And there's a reason you're doing it You're doing it to get attention You're doing it to get somewhere Because it feels good that people give you attention So wisdom says getting attention by itself is not bad. Human beings love to be loved. There's nothing actually wrong about that. But the method by which you're doing is the wrong method. So leave off this method because that's going to lead you to a bad type of attention and you're not going to be satisfied with that attention. So everything that, every action that people do, they have to ask themselves, this action, what do I believe is it's going to lead me to? Because your, your human emotion or desire is always something that's, usually it's natural luck created that and to, to 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 engage with that and to fulfill that is not always a bad thing you got to ask yourself the question okay what am I looking at what am I seeking and when you're when you're seeking something you ask yourself then is the method by which I'm seeking it permitted or not because of invalid or impermissible method is not going to get you the result that you're looking for How many people out there, they want to look good, so they they go out and they don't observe the Sharia in their appearance because they want the attention, they want beauty, they love people to say that they're beautiful. That feeling that you want, that's legitimate. However, the methodology is not. So it's not legit, it's it's strangers looking at you at what they're not allowed to be looking at is not what's going to make you happy. You think that's what's going to make you happy. So all you have to do Is put it in front of Allah Oh Allah my heart is empty I want to feel like this Or that or the other And then look for it In the Sharia Follow follow God's law And Allah Ta'ala Will fulfill Your need and your emotion That's from the wisdoms of Sayyid Nursi This is how he was able To guide many sinners Away from their sins He said what you're after Is legitimate And Allah will give it to you But not through What is haram Next Next Ibrahim Ibn Adham, the famous Ibrahim Ibn Adham. And hold on, pause uno segundo while I charge the phone. Got my charging kit here now. Got to have a thousand million cords these days. Why don't I just empty them all out? Which is also how you lose all your cords. Okay, here we go yes it's working Okay, Ibrahim ibn Adham and he is Abu Ishaq Ibrahim ibn Adham ibn Mansur and he died before all of these by 150 years he died 161 hijrah 778 miladi or common era min kudrati he's from balkh persia it's an area in persia he was one of the sons of kings he was a prince in other words okay he was a prince and he went out to hunt one day now he has a bigger entry because he's a, he is one of the biggest early early shiuch. and his dhikra, his story is very, very widespread now he's one of the sons of kings princes and as I had mentioned, even though there was like one Khilafa, but there were a lot of different little cities that overall they reported back to the Khalifa, but internally they governed themselves. Because the Khilafa didn't have the manpower to go out the way like states are today and nations. So he was one of these cities or towns, and his dad was the don of the town. So we went out, one day he went out to hunt. Oh, and he came upon a rabbit or a fox. They used to get the fox for the furs. And he's chasing it. Then he heard a voice. He said, Oh, Ibrahim, was this what you're created for? Chasing animals for fun. You're a rich kid. Though. You don't need to do this. You're not like hunting for food. And أم is this what you were commanded to do? Is This what Allah commanded people to do just chasing around animals for fun then he heard another sound noise so the answer you weren't created for this and you weren't commanded to do this he came out of his off his his horse now this is someone who is not. يعني, This is someone who's not devoted. Maybe he's a common Muslim. And he's a youth. So he came off and he looked around and he was stunned and startled. He could not find a, a single person. Who's saying this? And he came to realize this is something from Allah. Sometime later, he wanted to go back into that woods where he had that miraculous voice. He heard that miraculous voice. But he had obligations as a prince. You're expected to, there's expectations. So he came upon his father's shepherd, okay? And he says, let's trade so people don't know it's me, okay? So he gave him his clothes and he took his clothes. And it was that rough clothes because he didn't want to wear the nice clothes back into the woods. So he took the, took the uh, rough clothes and he went into the woods, and he started to live in the woods. And he lived in the woods for long periods of time in solitude, away from the princely life. And it washed him away, very much like how Sayyidina Musa a.s. went from living in the Pharaoh's palace to just being a simple shepherd. right? And, it, and as Abdul Qadir Jalani says in one of his books, it washed away all the memories of the life of a prince by just being completely alone and just with nature. And then finally... He traveled to Hajj, he decided to travel to Hajj, and that's where he began his journeys across the Ummah, Ibrahim ibn Adham, until he finally arrived in Mecca. All this, he's just a young murid. he's a young seeker. wal ibn Ayyad. There he saw, he came upon uh, Fudail ibn Ayyad, and he learned more Asceticism and ibadah from him. Then he saw Sufyan Athari. Sufyan Athari was a scholar, a muhadith and a jurist, and heavily involved in society. But he loved the ascetics, and he used to go out. Sufyan Athari used to leave the cities. He was a scholar of the cities, okay. But he used to leave the cities, and he used to go spend time with the with the ascetics, okay. So he started keeping the company of Fudail Ibn Ayad and Sufyan Athari. He became learned. In outward knowledge and in inward knowledge. The way of ascetics and the way of sharia. And then he lived in Sham. The Sham area. He settled around the Sham area. But when we say settled, not in a house or anything. He would travel around the mountains. Just live in the mountains. Move around. And he never had like one group of friends. No, he would just travel around. Always just being alone and worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he used to get jobs farming jobs security jobs whatever he would get different jobs and he would he would earn from that and usually he would work in the different gardens of damascus and the outlying farms of damascus or he would shepherd for the farmers he'd have different jobs and just like a little hut and he would just go buy his food and he'd do his ibadah and people would come visit him he would go visit the scholars وَرَأَى فِي الْبَادِيَةِ رَجُلًا عَلَّمَهُ إِسْمَ اللَّهِ الْأَعْظَمُ He saw in the, in, in the, out in the badia, out in the deserts, in the mountains, okay, a man there. And that man taught him the greatest name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That if Allah is called by this name, Allah answers the dua. So he started using this, and he used to make dua with that. But you see, Allah teaches these things to people who know how to control their desires. And teach these things to someone, oh, give me a billion dollars. Don't be, don't be foolish and stupid and use it for, the, for matters of, if you're going to do it, if you do it for a matter that you need. Okay. وَقَالَ إِنَّمَا عَلَّمَكَ أَخِي This was my brother. He saw Al-Khadr. So, this is many people don't, uh, maybe not aware of this, but it is said by many, many, many of the scholars that Al-Khadr, said Musamat, is somebody who lives a unique human life. He's a human being, but he lives a unique human life until he dies on the Day of Judgment. Don't ask me how. I'm just telling you what's in the books. They say that Al-Khadr he is ha- unique, and he lives, and he's the one that the dajjal kills too. And Allah knows best if that's the truth. It is said that Imam Al Nawi used to meet Al khadr too. Every every Ramadan, he said that that was. Yeah. وكان أغلب the majority of his dua. illa ta'atik The majority of things that he used to say, Oh Allah remove me from the humiliation of my sins to the glory, the honor of your obedience. And it's also what it was said by who said it? Many said it, but Ibn Attaq mentions it. Hikam ibn Alt'at. But is that why is some people, why are some people in obedience and some people are in disobedience? He said that the people who are in obedience They're like that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saw something in their heart. Their heart moved in the right way. Their heart moved in the right direction. So Allah ta'ala honored them with acts of obedience. So that, for example, you see somebody and you be humble with them. You see somebody and you be generous with them. Your heart moved. You see something and you sympathize with it. You see something, you get upset with it. Just in your heart. You see disrespect of deen, killing of Muslims, disrespect of Muslims, and you get upset with it. That by itself is enough. You see that? Allah Ta'ala, uh, uh, you see these things and your heart moves in the right way? Then Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala uh, loves this movement of the heart. So he dresses that person, he starts inspiring them to do acts of ibadah. And the opposite, someone's heart goes in the wrong direction. Kibr, arrogance, etc., etc. Right? Lust, disrespect, and no anger for, for the deen, never is anger for the deen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls this his heart. He dresses him then with bad deeds. He gets them into bad deeds. Because that's the result of your heart. سيئة سيئة Allah says in the Quran, is not the, the reward of good deeds another good deed? So the good deed of the heart earned you the tawfiq to do good deeds of the body. وَجَزَاءُ سَيِّئَةٍ سَيِّئَةٌ مِثْلُهَا Allah says in the Quran, the the, the punishment of a sin is another sin, such that your heart moved in the wrong way, in arrogance, disrespect, no anger for the deen, no ghaira for the deen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused you to get another sin, right? To do acts of sins. He was making tawaf around the Kaaba, and a man said to him, no you will not attain the rank of the salihin until you pass six levels that you may have to one day close the door of luxury and open the door of hardship and it's true even if it's not physical a person who goes into the deen all of a sudden his best friends may make fun of him A person who practices the deen, all of a sudden, um, the doors were open to me when I was like loose and doing all these haram things. Now they're all closed. There are going to be cases where the practice of the deen causes people to dishonor you. Certain people, they don't have any respect for the deen. So they're going to dishonor a person of deen. That's what he means by that. the deen, it requires efforts to be done. Like we're, we Muslims, we're doing two different things. We're, we have to compete in the world like everyone else and we have to uphold the Sharia. We have two laws that we're upholding. But this one, the, the law of Sharia is going to help us take shortcuts in the success in the world. That's why you should never imagine it that oh, we have, we have a double burden and the Kuffar only have one law. No, the Kuffar have one law that's very limited. It's not, It's not. They, they're ruining their dunya, right? They're just seeking dunya, but they're ruining it. They don't understand the actual realities of what makes humans happy and what makes Namah stay with you. Sharia teaches us that. But in the beginning, it seems like we got double the work to do, right? I got to go to work from nine to five, but I also have to pray Fajr. So if I wanted to get up at seven, that doesn't work because I end up have to get up, pray at least at 6.15. You get up for 6.15, you pray Fedge. you roll back into bed at 6.30. Well, what am I going to do? How Is am I really going to sleep for 30 minutes? How many of us have faced that before? And the alarm is going to go off. So what do I do with that 40, 30, 20, 30 minutes where I'm too tired to wake up, but I'm not going to get much sleep. So we compete. We have two different things to do in the beginning. It's what he says here. Close the door of ease, open up the door of hardship, because there is hardship. Everyone in the world is working in Ramadan. We're fasting while working. Okay? We, we can't stop. It's not like the old Abbasid era, the old Ottoman era, where it's, the whole world is, you know your local world is all a Muslim world, and everyone's taken off, and it's not harming any eco- economic uh, things. But no. In our world today, we have two laws to maintain. In the beginning it's very difficult But you're going to realize after a while This law of Sharia And this wisdom of Sharia Is going to eventually Okay It's going to make your, ma- your dunya much easier You're going to be far more successful He then says Fourth You're going to sleep less And you're going to be awake more Right Like we got Fajr Forget Fajr What if you ever want to do Tahajr But you still have to be at work at 9am Right are you going to never do it for your whole life? Are you going to adjust? Right? You have to adjust Fifth You're going to close the door of wealth And open the door of poverty What does that mean? That means there's a lot of business that you can't do anymore When you have the sharia But you're, in the beginning you're going to feel Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up a lot of money here But in the end you're going to realize The ways of the sharia will help me preserve What I do have and grow it with more stability. So all this, what he's saying, is in the beginning of your path. And lastly, تغلق باب الأمل وتفتح باب الاستعداد للموت Now the person who starts turning to Allah Ta'ala and getting involved in his deen, he closes this door of only thinking about the future of this religion. Okay? Uh, A future of this life. And he starts thinking, well, wait a second, I'm worried about 30 years from now, And my investments, I haven't even prepared for my death. So he starts preparing for his death, okay? And he starts thinking about death. And when you start thinking about my moat and my death, then, you know, 30 30 years from now, we'll worry about that later. So in the beginning, all this is very hard. But eventually, in the end, you realize this is for you, not against you. Nothing of the Dean is ever against you. But it may be, Seemingly against you because of the sicknesses And the rust and the sins on the heart Last paragraph يحرس, He was once Employed uh, in a grape vine uh, uh, In a vineyard For grapes جندي, A soldier from the state came by And he says Give us some grapes He says um, The owner doesn't, never told me to give you grapes so he then took his stick and he started hitting him, okay, on the shoulder. So Ibrahim Ibn said, no, 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 that's not the bad part of me. This is the bad part of me. Hit it. I deserve to be hit here. I deserve to be hit for, for all my forgetfulness of Allah and my sins. The Jundi looked at him and said, this man is crazy and walked by. Sahil ibn Ibrahim said, Ibrahim ibn Adham, fa fa So every, every once in a while, Ibrahim ibn Adham would have some friends. And he had a roommate one time named Sahil ibn Ibrahim. He said, I was sick. So Ibrahim took care of me. The whole time he took care of me. So I asked um, for certain foods. And when and it's, it's a known remedy that when someone's sick, you give them the food that they want. Because that's like, it's, it's going to be good for them. So he said, I kept saying, I want to eat this. I want to eat that. So I kept, he kept buying me these wonderful foods that I wanted to eat when I was sick. Okay. And then he says, all right, let's go. I, was, I felt better. He said, let's go. And then they went out. So I got on my mule and Ibrahim didn't have a mule. Where, where's your mule? I said, he said, oh. Don't worry about that. He said, what do you mean don't worry? You used to have a mule. We need to go somewhere. How are we going to go? He said, I'll walk. He later found out that Ibrahim ibn Adham sold the mule just to give him the food that he wanted. And he said that shows the the type of suhba that Ibrahim ibn Adham, uh, what he had for his people, for his sahaba or his companions, his ashab. All right, we're going to stop here. We have a small dua for Adam, age 11 Amen, age 9 Tasneem, age 3 Okay For some of our supporters At uh, Safina Society These are their children May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make them love iman And make it sweet in their hearts And let them live and die upon that And make them hate, kufr And disobedience and rebellion And make it bitter in their hearts and let them die upon that. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to raise them up and surround them with beneficial friends and to give them spouses that are beneficial, make them happy in their marriage. And let them die upon tawheed and keep, away, keep them away from all hardships in their families uh, and give them blessed children when they grow up and make their rizq halal. Likewise to the, all the children of everyone involved in this type of work and in our audience as well. All right, let us now turn to the comments and it's time for open Q and A. Specifically, we try to relate it to the topic, but if we go off the topic, that's not a problem. Now, some of you have asked that you don't see that your questions are answered. Remember, I try not to scroll up. Why? Because some people, if, if I answer questions that were posted, earlier then that person might not be there anymore so now the qa has started put your questions so that we can answer them while you're still watching that's the the beauty of it okay so put your questions on now Inshallah. sayyid muhammad daniel i am a surah away from Quran. can i make the khatsm now and you make the dua why not Inshallah. Why not? Mu'ab, nowadays most women work and help raise families, so parents' inheritance is being distributed equally among sons and daughters. Is that permitted? No, it is not. It's not your money. It's not your money. Give them from the money of Allah which He gave you. The money that you have in your bank account is not yours. All wealth belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The understanding is, we may do with it what we wish, but he also may command us to give out and prohibit us to involve in certain things. So that's the understanding of wealth. We have to have the proper understanding of wealth. The communists, the capitalists, every non-believer before them and after them, believes that wealth is theirs. We say, no, logically... Logically and by, by revelation. Wealth is not ours. Wealth is Allah's. Wealth is not ours. Logically. Because all wealth goes back to natural elements of the earth. Trace back this, for example. Where did this come from? This came from money. I had the money. I bought it. Where did the money come from? That money at some point was mere representation of gold. Where did the gold come from? Who made gold? Who here on the earth made the gold? Right? So... This is why wealth is not ours. Wealth is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's and he commands you to give and he disallows you to give. He disallows you to spend your money on drugs, on alcohol, on interest, and he commands you upon your death. Your wealth is going to be distributed like that. X, Y, and Z. So you have to distribute it like that. Can you briefly tell us how to pray namazi chast? Explain to me what is chast, please. What is chast? What is the Urdu meaning of chast? What is the ruling on the duff in nasheeds and dhikr? Permitted but discouraged if it's in the mosque. It's discouraged to use the duff in the mosque. Bina says, Could you please explain the hadith that speaks about women being deficient in intelligence and in deen? Barakallahu fiq. Let me actually get... Uh, The sharh on that From one of the ulama But the short of it Is that There is no um, uh, What the Prophet Peace be upon him Described Is that Their deficiency Is merely in Testimony Testimony to a crime In which There is uh, uh, Harm to be done On the criminal And those matters That Allah Does not want her To uh, To testify so that she doesn't have to sleep knowing that I'm the I'm the person who did it, right? Who, who caused this person to like lose a limb or, or get lashes or something. Allahu alam, that's one of them. As for deen, it's that she doesn't pray most of the time. Or a lot of the time. A lot of time she doesn't have to pray. Okay. So that's that. But I will read that uh, ashar. I'll look up some of the shuruhats in the mutawallat, and we can read it one day. is the story of Ibn al-Mubarak and the slave in the book that we read from. Allahu A'lam. I don't know. I didn't read it from here, but it could be here. It could be in the latter chapters, but I read it from another book. Nabila Odin udin says, what does it mean when you dream of something happening, but the opposite happens in real life? Sometimes there's, there's there are opposites in dreams. There are opposites in dreams. Um, but... That's, that is a realm of study. In the, in the realm of dream interpretation, there is opposites. Right? Things happen, but the opposite occurs. Now, why is that the case? Allah, I, don't, I can't remember that lesson, to be quite honest with you. But we can have to. Are we aware of the best of Allah's names, that, that great name, Al-Ism al No, we don't. We are not aware of what Al-Ism al is. It's speculation. Everyone speculates on it. How can a mother, says uh, uh, Masita Misdi, Mas, how can a mother make dua to help her disrespectful and disobedient daughter? I heard you said about the heart of a person that Allah guides them towards obedience and disobedience. Well, first of all, there is dua, but also remember, as long as the door of action is open, that is a branch of, opening, of answering your dua, right? Part of answering your dua is that the door of action is open. So the dua is easy. Oh, Allah guide their heart. You ask that in the middle of the night. But also there's action. You have to ask yourself that a plant doesn't get rotten for no reason. This is true. You can't have good soil, the right amount of water, clean water, good sun, and the, and the plant fails. Right or wrong? So we're not going to talk about iman and kufr. Because that's of Allah. Allah is the guide to that. But we're just talking about respectful. A respectful child, this is like a plant. It's a healthy plant. A respectful child is somebody who the influences upon this kid's life are good influences. If you're always surrounded with girls who roll their eyes, she's going to roll her eyes. Right? This is the biggest thing. Some people think that's a small thing rolling your eyes is one of the biggest disrespect Allah even says they roll their eyes like this munafiqs used to do that to the Prophet when a revelation comes down right? that they don't like or the Prophet says something about heaven and hell they think it's a joke they roll their eyes so if she's all with all these sassy girls and she's watching these shows too where the girls are all sassy and they're rolling their eyes and they're all materialistic and they're just air is up here, right? Then the, then you can't blame them for eventually imitating them. So the door, if the door is act, of action is open, you got to take that, you got to take action and stop them from being around people who are, um, the, it's got to be the influences. It must be the influences. And it also must be weak parenting. Well, that post I put up, you got an 18-year-old son is disrespecting, oh, go eat for yourself. Don't eat my food. Don't sleep under my roof. Don't put on the clothes that I bought and learn how to respect. If you're not going to respect me as your dad, respect me as your landlord. Respect me as your the guy feeds you. The guy who buys your clothes. Go buy your own clothes. Take all that clothes off. I don't know how you're going to go out. Okay? Borrow your sister's clothes. Get out of the house. Get yourself a job. See how hard life is and what I'm protecting you from. Maybe... You won't have manners with me as your dad, but you have manners with me as your landlord, right? As the guy who feeds you, the guy who protected you. Go sleep out on the deck tonight and see how you like it. In the beginning, you'll be angry. Then you'll get desperate. Then you'll become grateful, okay? You can't do that with a girl, all right? We don't do that in the shit with a girl. But there's weak parents. I'm not saying she's a weak parent, but I'm saying there are a ton of weak parents, like we have every cap that we have. It's the same complaint. The same bins. All, all they care about is their Instagram and their pictures and blah, blah, blah. Okay. The, the, the older girls complain about the younger girls that have that. And, and the parents are like, oh, you know, what can you do? What can you do? You physically bought them this phone. Then now they got addicted to the phone. You with your hands and feet, you moved to go to AT&T and buy the phone. And you gave it to them with your hands. Allah gave you these hands. Take it away, right? That's the solution. No, we can't. Why can't they? Why can't you? What did you create? What have you created? You you, you raise an alligator in your house and you keep feeding it and feeding it and feeding it. And now the alligator is in charge. And you can't, I I can't go over there because the alligator is going to bite me. SubhanAllah. Allah gave you hands and feet. And he's going to ask you about these hands and feet. So use them. Snakes, wallahi, people have, the raising snakes. And, and kids, very simply, whatever you feed them, they become that. They can become angels too. If you feed them the right thing, they can be really good. If you feed them the right suhbah, and if you de- de- deprive from them the poison. So, that's my two cents on the matter. Sansan Maddox says, I gave an interview for a job today. The decision comes tomorrow. Feeling anxiety and despair. How to stop feeling of negative and scared about the decision. I remember being in those in those positions. And the best thing, honestly, the practical advice is surround yourself with your family and your loved ones and do stuff. Let the time pass. Right? And of course, keep the remembrance of Allah on your mind at all times. I think, like, sometimes I, I think of deer too, like... There's a function of anxiety that makes you more sharp as well. SubhanAllah, that's a great point. Like deer, like they always run away from everything and they look fidgety. Yeah. And they're, they're trying not to get eaten. That's true. Uh, sometimes anxiety, Ryan is saying, if you heard him, like it's a good thing um, because it makes you make sure that like you got all your bases covered, right? What's the deal to youth shows and how to deal with them being pressured? youth shows um there's got to be something well i mean for boys sports at least is more halal than not right i don't know for girls and sometimes you know like you have to be a bit more raw and more not extreme but it's like you don't have to watch a show don't watch a show right oh i got to watch shows who said who wrote that law why am i bound to it right I went years and i ever, I like maybe watched one show like regularly in my whole life. Jerry Seinfeld. That's it. I like watched one show for my whole life. When I was young, I never watched shows, right? Why? I just didn't have interest. I watched sports. And then one show that was caught my interest, right? So, but you should look, you got to look, there's got to be something that's okay. But we will probably reach a time where it's not okay. Every show is going to have trans and qomlut and alphabet soup. Every show. I'm sure. Unless the Christians go make like a Christian Netflix or something. Then they'll have crosses everywhere. Fine, I'll tolerate that, right? How do we protect ourselves, says Tasneem, from being spiritually exhausted? Spiritual exhaustion best too is you have times in the day and you have to unwind yourself at the end of every day with shay'an minal baltul something of what is the baltud means something just has nothing to do with deen it's just completely unwinding yourself right whether it's shooting playing basketball watching basketball you're allowed to do that for this reason exactly hanging out with your friends you're allowed to do that that helps avoid spiritual exhaustion I'll tell you who gets spiritually exhausted, single people. Because they have no one to, to, to busy them from their ibadah. So it's like they wake up, they go to sleep, there's like no um, uh, single people, meaning who live alone. But if you're surrounded with your family, they'll busy you with stuff, right? Such that it'll, it'll balance it out. It'll bring you a bit down to earth. It'll take you, forcibly take you away from your ibadah a little bit so you go back with more energy. But if the, in the absence of that, it is okay for you to do, engage in something of dunya, so to speak, so that you can go back to ibadah in a good way. Is that what you mean by spiritual exhaustion? Like I'm worshiping so much I'm tired? That's, that's why I understood the question to be. Does the hadith of Kisat have... Same transmission in Sunni and Shia tradition. I never made a comparison. I never compared them. Any trips, tips or tricks to be able to get a good workout without listening to upbeat music? Um, you got to ask the people who work out, right? To be honest, I use a treadmill, but I don't actually go to gyms and stuff like that. You take a smoothie before you work out? Fruit and protein? Before? Okay. But then how do you keep yourself going, though? I guess you get yourself a drumbeat, right? Or watch uh, r- reruns of the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> watch the old Super Bowls. Or old action movies where, like, they're, like someone's getting chased or something like that. You think about fit when you're working out? SubhanAllah yeah yeah so i mean you can't have uh, anything on your mind or you can't listen to anything question from muhammad what's that oh really at the gym well muhammad says if a gift is given to a child but parents give it away to someone else what is the ruling here everything given to your child is yours you could do what you want with it you think uh, you own anything in this house? You're using all of my stuff. That shirt of yours, that's mine. I bought it, my money. I let you use it. Right? That's how things work. What do you mean, my room? You don't have a room. Show me the receipt you paid for this room. That's my room that I'm letting you use. Okay? That's how it is. Moab says When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We assigned a law and path to each of you. He would have made you one community, but he wanted to test you. Yes, we could have been one human being, one tribe, one race, one language, one prophet. It could have started like that, right? But no, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala divided things up, right? Divided up the territories, divided up languages. Continents are separated by seas, so they never meet each other. This is part of our test. This is for all of humanity in general. Huh? The test of that you will grow to be something, your culture will grow to be totally different from another culture. You may end up having wars for land, for example. You may have end up having, feel threatened. So you may have a small country their own language, their own culture, their own everything, and they're threatened by all the, lang- the countries around them. And their conflict or peace develops. That's the test. Are we going to live in conflict? Will they live in peace? So on and so forth. Like physically, it's a test. And لكل منكم شرعة ومنهاجر is the proof that the aqidah of all prophets is one, but the sharia's are different. Nobody says, Aren't most people's wealth impermissible because fiat money is riba? We can't say fiat, uh, any currency by itself is riba. It? Riba requires a transaction. All right, back to namazi chust Salat al-duha. So when the sun has reached, risen up in the sky, a decent amount, and the Sahaba used to say the length of a spear. So we'll mark that time off. The time when the sun is directly above the sky, the horizon, at the top of the sky. Mark that time off. In between, you pray any amount of rakas, two, four, six, eight, whatever you want. And you make the intention of duha. And you can read from the mushaf. You can just read two short rakas with short surahs. Whatever you recite, that's duha. When would you say that someone is ready to take Dar al-Fatih courses? You can go to daralfat.org to check out the, the tuition for next semester. But if you, if you have a decent uh, uh, background in understanding trajectory and manhaj, which is, we can't have people in daralfat asking what is a madhhab, for example. Why do we have to follow a madhhab? What, what is the meaning of, you know, ash'ari aqeedah There are certain things expected that you already know right and what we do is we offer a preparatory course which overlaps it is it, it's part of dotted Fets for those who haven't taken it and for people who want to join daughter Fets, which is our part-time program here in new jersey uh the sunday's away course two to five is the prep course you hang out and you take that class for a year or so even a little maybe a bit more you'll be ready for that because we We cover a lot of things, the fundamentals of our approach and our methodology. You got that? So that's what you do. And that class is available online too. Take it as an online class with ArcView+. Plus. You sign up for ArcView+, you take the class online. Online. Does a wali have to give up their wealth? Waliullah, no. Waliullah can be very wealthy. Nothing wrong with that. Yusuf Alulu says assalamu alaikum how does one know they're ready for marriage and not just lonely marriage is not about am i ready and marriage is about desire do i want it or not that's a simple question you have to ask it's just that's it how do you know you're ready to eat dinner i want to eat dinner right now you have to be a good husband too so you need coaching on how to be a husband just because you want to get married doesn't mean you should get married you need some coaching read some books watch some lectures Get educated. Ask people, okay? What's, how do you be a good husband? You do that for a couple months. You'll have enough. Are you, can you pay the rent? Can you pay for food? Can you pay for a jacket? Uh, can you pay for gas for her car, right? I mean, she might have to go visit her dad. She may be still in college. Can you pay for all these things? That's objective. The other stuff is just learn, right? Ask around, What time is Juhal according to Eastern Standard Time? Well, go into your app, look at when Dhuhr is in and when Fajr is out. So we all have apps like that. I use an app called Pillars. Sunrise is 714. That's when you cannot pray Fajr anymore. But that's not when the sun is all the way up. That's when the sun has started to come above the horizon. Fajr is out. It takes 20 minutes for the sun to come up. So add 20 minutes to that To sunrise So 7.34 Let's just say 7.40 And duhr is in at 12.48 So from 7.40 to 12.40 That's 5 hours That's when you pray duha. Salat al And it could be prayed in any number of raka's 2, 4, 6, 8 Are women supposed to be on public media platforms? If a, per, if a woman is sharing some benefit And it's not in a way that's seductive or anything. And it's not in a way that it's just trying to get attention. But it's sharing a benefit. Then inshallah there should be acceptability for that. Garid says, please talk about how our communities suffocate women and over-sexualize them, but are very lenient on men. Because most men aren't, they can't be sexualized. That's why. Right? Most men, they're not that good looking. Right? Whereas women can be. But... Uh, how our communities suffocate women and over-sexualize them. Um, What do you mean by the community, like the Islamic community or like the world? For example, she says here, if a young married sister is in college, is there an obligation upon her husband to pay her tuition? No. A husband does not have to pay for higher education. But you could expand on what specifically the community over-sexualizes women on. Salat duha is praying any two rakas, two, four, six, eight, whatever rakas you want to do, any time in that window that we mentioned just now. Okay? That's what Salat al-Duha is. NYU is here, and I have to say, I really wanted to go to NYU this year to speak, but the schedule was just so brutal. Uh, I really wish I could have made it. Umm Maryam says, are there going to be any Islamic family events during the Thanksgiving holidays at MBIC? No, we won't have anything like that. Uh, usually people, because the majority of the community are families, we just let everyone, we have off, we take off and the people just go to their communi- their families and spend the weekend there. Is the concept of misyar marriage accepted? No, misyar marriage is a marriage in which a woman, she gives up her rights. Misyar literally means an on-the-go marriage. So that, let's say I'm a businessman and I do business in St. Louis, right? And I'm there twice twice a month. Let's say for the summer. I'm there every summer, but I'm not there for nine months after that. So a misyard marriage is a marriage in which the woman agrees. Listen, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to pay my rent. You don't have to pay my food. You don't have to protect me. Just come and we'll enjoy ourselves as a married couple. Okay. And don't worry about anything. I forego all of what you owe me. That, if I'm not mistaken, is what you're asking about. So if that is stated by the letter of the law uh, in the contract, that's forbidden. But if it happens to be like that without the intent of being like that, that means that if I were to move to St. Louis, yes, we would live as a normal couple, right? Then that's fine. So if, if the intent, uh, I have the intention that I'm going to Only the only thing between us is intimacy. And it's a hangout basically. Okay. That's it. That is the, the unacceptable. If it's in the contract, if it's intended, even. If it's in the contract, the contract's invalid. If it's intended, the contract's still valid, but it's sinful. But if it in contrast, if it just so happens to be that way, and I'm trying to fulfill all my obligations, I have the intent to live as a normal marriage, then that's acceptable. It's not misdial marriage. All right, Reed says, a lot of people in our parents' generation, they let boys stay out late with no consequences. And they treat girls, this. And whereas they don't treat girls the same way. And they're very strict and they're like the police. Yeah, I, I, I'm i totally aware of the way the Arabs mainly, I don't know about the Daisies, but the girl is basically like, uh, she's a servant in the house and the boy's some kind of prince. Right? That's total, uh, that's just, it's that's unfair. It has... Even re- not related to oversexualization, just it's going to create bitterness, right? In the two that the treatment of the two, aside from anything in the Sharia, it has to be similar, okay? Because they're going to they're going to hate each other. She's going to be bitter about this, and it's it's a very common thing. If you're from our cultures, you know this and you've seen this, okay. Uh, at nobody is saying that fiat currency is riba. As I'm telling you, a currency is never riba. A riba requires a transaction. So that's not an issue. Chief Latif says, Would freeing a human trafficking victim be the same as freeing a slave in Sharia? Inshallah it will be. Inshallah it will be. If not exactly close. Like I wouldn't say that it is in uh, for kafara. For reward, yes, but for kafara, no So like, let's say I have to free slaves Like the Quran says to, to expiate yourself, free slaves No okay. The human trafficking person it's Yes, it's very similar in their suffering But it's categorized more as a kidnapping So in the reward, yes But not in the matters of law Such that uh, I, I would expiate from my broken fast, etc so I hope you understood the, the, the difference there. Sheikh, will, will Allah replace bad friends with virtuous ones if we give up the former for the sake of Allah? 1,000 percent. You will always find the door of Allah opening up. You, you will find that opening up. 100 percent. And I've seen back to Reed saying me here that I've seen a lot of families where the girl takes on all the responsibilities. She takes care of the parents when they're sick. She does all the errands. She does all the things in the house. And the guy is just like a, a prince. And I wish that you were a prince. You're not a prince. You're not even close, right? He's not even, there's nothing princely about you. So it's just creates a lot of bitterness. And that's probably, I don't know why the, uh, the, the, that happened, but it happens. Ali, Batali, women have 10 times more patience than men. They tolerate a lot too. That's very true. They do tolerate a lot of, um, they do tolerate a lot of abuse that they shouldn't have tolerated. Aniqua, what is the significance of a golden watch in a dream? Finding or returning one to a deceased family member. Allahu alam, to be quite honest with you. Allahu alam. A golden watch is something that, by which we keep time, and we, are we frozen? Are we good? Are we good? No, my internet's frozen. Is it permissible to cut ties with an extended family member who practices sihr? No, it's obligatory. Not permissible. Obligatory what do we believe about Khidr? Now, as I said already, mentioned that some have, ulama have said that he lives until a long life while he's a human. is something very unique, special in the creation of Allah. And Allah knows best. We don't know much about this subject. Hamza Azizi says, These days, health experts import, uh, emphasize seven hours of sleep. But many of the sheikhs and salikun slept very little. Which way to go? No, you go the natural way of where you feel your health is going those shiuch and awliya they didn't sleep a lot it happened naturally it's not something they tried to do so you just go the way of health but the sunnah also helps us with this in that it tells us that the early sleep after isha like early on is very good the um the sleep after fajr not that not that great sleep before maghrib, such that you wake up and it's dark, that's terrible for you. The afternoon nap, very good for you. Should we per- wish acquaintances who are Hindu happy Diwali? No, no. Read thoughts on getting a mortgage. You shouldn't. You should go the route of the Islamic finance companies. Even if it's a bit more expensive. But what can you do? At least the contract is halal. Halal meat might be more expensive, right? Than non-halal meat. Marriage is more expensive than a girlfriend. Lara, halal is more expensive than the haram. What can you do? Suzel Rahman or Rahim says, How do you promote and encourage unity in a religious organization? Especially as there can be a lot of competition and vying for the sheikh or teacher's attention. So that is part of the, the tests of the student of knowledge is that there will be a lot of competition for the attention of the shiuch and, and, and people's intention could go sideways. They could be disheartened. But I once brought this up with a sheikh from Boston. He was Moroccan and he said, Allah Ta'ala does not bring you into his path of knowledge without testing you. Part of the test is that there's competition, there's all sorts of intentions going astray, there's ways that you could feel less than all things that are going to test your intention right especially if you're like came out of a halakha that had like five people in it everyone loves everyone right then you go to a school there's 500 people in it nobody even cares who you are are you there to be cared for and loved and padded are you there for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put your head down and remember your intention don't leave Don't leave unless there's, you know, some other issue that would be... But if it's just a matter of, like, those emotional aspects, purify your intention, put your head down, do your job. Zaykun says, What advice would you give parents of a mentally disabled child? We are hopeful for the cure, but Allah knows best, to be quite honest with you. We should ask somebody who has... um, experience with this. It, the amount of sabra is just something else. And I would I for, for dealing with healthy kids I would say there should be shifts and times off. It can't be a constant nonstop. Okay. There have to be shifts like this is your shift, this is my time off. Because I can imagine if you have a healthy child and that's exhausting. Imagine then a disabled child. Why should we cut off ties if someone is on sihr? If someone is a fasiq, an open, public, shameless sinner, we don't keep their company. But this is even more than that. This is harm. Someone is harming somebody. Fasiq for themselves, that's your business, right? But someone is harming somebody, then our keeping ties with them and being friendly like that is almost like we're letting it slide. So you should stay away from Especially someone involved in sihr. You get on their bad side, they do some sihr on you, So very quietly, without making noise, move away from this relationship is my my advice. Had Enough says, you can get a smartwatch for kids instead of a smartphone. I did that for my little brother. He can only text and call and navigate. We can track his location. And there is no web browser. Okay. This is really good. I didn't even realize this. Okay. I didn't even realize this. I'm going to share this with people, but how do they do it with in terms of Wi-Fi, smartwatch? How do you text? It, oh, it, you pay for it. You pay for the. No, but but, it, you pay for a plan, right? If you're if you're on the street, for example, if you're out, you pay for the plan, right? I guess yeah, like just like a phone, because without Wi-Fi, right? That's a good uh, piece of advice there. Thank you very much. Sahir? No, not at all. Sahir, meaning maybe with a ha. Sahir, meaning someone who stays up late. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, Sahur is with a ha, but Sahir, maybe someone who stays up late or maybe someone who gets up in the sahar sahar is the last third of the night like that maybe what that cuz we in Egypt they name sahar yeah meaning so the, the last is. third of the night yeah cuz sihr and sahar they have the same meaning in that you can't see what's happening last third of the last third of the night you can't see and Sahar you can't see the harm that's why people are so freaked out about sahar uh, sihr, because you can't see the harm Muhammad Khan, will you do an MBF episode on Imam Maddox's life? Yeah, maybe one day. Eventually we're going to do the forty memes. Let's see what else we have here. If the person you want to marry says they are not ready, says Had Enough, and you have the desire. How do you know when to reach back out? You got to convince them. You, you're the predator. You got to convince them. I'm not ready. Okay, give up, put my tail between my legs and go back into my cave and cry. No. We can keep, keep convincing them. One of the reasons people love other people is that the person loves you first. They won't stop. They keep coming after you. Their heart will change. And in the halal, I'm saying... Not like you're texting her or you're going after her. No, like you keep knocking on the door. You keep talking to her mom, talk to her dad, talk to her brother. Go again, visit with your family, right? Or maybe predator is like a in the, in the Me Too era is not a great word, but I mean, you're the one going after them, right? Not a sexual predator, obviously, but you're the one who has to go after them. What does Allah mean, says Moab. By all those who believe in God, among Jews, Christians, savings will there have their reward with their Lord. Yes, those in the past, before the prophethood. All right, next question. How's the film says it's not MBF without a marriage question. That's true. And, and our, one of the sunan is to try to get people. This is one of the hardships of life. No one can get married. It's one of the sunnahs to try to make something like this easy and it's one of the ways of Iblis to try to make it hard. How do you know if someone has sihr? I have no knowledge on this. Don't ask me. Uh, I, I really don't know. They use threads. They have their own techniques. All right. How should one deal with parents who forbid them or ask them to delay wearing hijab? Polite disobedience. You are obligated to, to obey your Lord before you obey your parents. If you're afraid of your parents, be more afraid of your Lord. The consequences of sins are very bad. Allah has created a bad consequence next to every sin. So be, very, be more afraid of the consequence of that than of the consequence of your parents. Yes, your parents could harm you, but disobedience attached to every act of disobedience is a far worse harm. Had had Enough says, I'm in St. Louis. You should actually visit twice a month, but not for marriage. St. Louis, Missouri. You ever been there? Hmm. So what are the coincidences that uh, you know, the chances to mention, to give our example about St. Louis and then the brothers from St. Louis. There is a debate going on between Bushra and Joanna. Okay. I have, I'm have i not uh, involved. I didn't read, didn't follow. Right? did you follow that debate? Oh, no. Hmm. Let's see what else we got here I know the Hanafis they, I've seen that in Hanafi fiqh a lot That they don't pray during, before right, right before the Zawal But I've never seen it in the Karahiyah Explicitly mentioned in the early books The Maliki fiqh Yeah But that is a very short time it's very short. It's the Zawal itself. Yeah. The Zawal itself is the time when it's makru. Not before the Zawal. The Zawal itself. Zawal itself. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, good. They're discussing stuff making themselves go back and look up the right answers. All right, folks. Uh, last question, Turquoise Man. It is it okay to get less sleep religiously? I would not uh, advise that. You're just going to harm yourself. Okay. Ali Bhatti says, Ali Balatali says, why did the Prophet dislike dogs and like cats? It wasn't that he disliked dogs. Disliked because the dog was the friend of the keepers of the cave, right? The, the seven sleepers of the cave. Ashab al-Kaf. And Allah keeps mentioning the dog. Some people say three, three and the fourth is the dog. Five uh, and the sixth was a dog. Seven and the eighth was a dog. So Allah keeps mentioning the dog. So the dog has a lot of virtues. I wouldn't say that we can say that we're supposed to hate the dog, nor that the Prophet disliked the dog. But the Prophet disliked one feature of the dog, two features, which is their noise and their filth. They're, they're, they spread sickness. They spread disease. They spread germs. They're very dirty. They destroy everything. They urinate wherever they want. No civilized people should be having dogs everywhere, right, if you want to be clean. Even today, dogs is destroy your grass. I got a neighbor of mine. I don't say hello to this guy. He, he This guy walks his dog, and he urinates right on our lawn. I mean pull him a little bit let him urinate on the street who cares he ruins my lawn right so we i have a little feud with this guy right dog urine it's not no sheep urine is cow urine is all that stuff is good but predator urine is not any animal that naturally can eats meat it's it's urine is yeah these jalala they're not they're they're their urine's not good for the grass have the decency right all the American dog owners, they go over the top to make sure they don't uh, harm you. This guy, he's Indian. Uh, so these guys, they scoop him up. I see the guy walking with a scooper. Another guy, he puts on a glove, That's and so he scary. picks up. It's That's pathetic, right? And he, he picks up the poop of his dog. This guy, no, just, we're not in India here, right? Take your dog somewhere else and, 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 and urinate somewhere else. So... That's why this is where the element of the Prophet did not like about the dog, and he liked the cats because the cat was clean, doesn't make a lot of noise, it's a, anisa, it keeps you company. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are wrapping up right here. May Allah subhanahu wa taala grant us all a blessed weekend. May Allah subhanahu wa taala uh, grant everybody here. Hidayah in our hearts, may Allah subhanahu wa taala make Iman sweet in our hearts and beloved to us, and make Allah subhanahu wa taala make deviation, sins and disobedience bitter in our hearts. We ask Allah subhanahu wa taala to forgive all of our sins and our parents' sins and our children's sins, and we ask Allah taala for everyone who is seeking marriage to give them a blessed marriage. We ask Allah subhanahu wa taala for everyone here who has children to guide their children. And to grant us beneficial knowledge. And to answer our du'a. And to clean our hearts and make us our hearts worthy of ibadah. And worthy of getting up for ibadah. And being people of ibadah. We want to recite his... uh... Okay, good. Let's let's do that. Dua An-Nur. Let's pull that up then from the... We'll close with Dua An-Nur. We'll pull it up from the PDF first. Let's pull it up one second here, because I can't see that far off. here we go beautiful beautiful dhikr and dua one of the best friday thicker book does it, does it all fit on the screen yeah. good Why don't you start it off because it's taken a bit long to hear. Recite it with me so I get it right. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allahumma aj'al li fi qalbi wa noora fi basubi. وَنُورٌ فِي بَصَري وَنُورٌ فِي شَعْري وَنُورٌ فِي بَشَري وَنُورٌ فِي لَحْمِي وَنُورٌ فِي دَمِي وَنُورٌ فِي عِضَامِي وَنُورٌ فِي عَصَبِي وَنُورٌ مِن بَيْن يَدَيَّ وَنُورٌ مِن خَلْفِي وَنُورٌ عَن يَمِينِي وَنُورٌ عَن شِمَالِي وَنُورٌ مِن فَوْقِي وَنُورٌ مِن تَحْتِي Allahumma Zidini Nura, Wa'atini Nura, Waja Ali wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad in Wa'ala, Alihi wa Wa'ala, wa salam. Remember everyone today on ArcView, it's Hambadi Fiqh at 6 o'clock, and then it's Tasawuf class at 7 o'clock. Assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yeah.